Welcome to Making Sense of Money, a financial education podcast dedicated to making complex financial topics easier to understand. I'm Nikki Jankola-Shanks. And I'm Andrew Pellegrini. Nikki and I discussed some of the things to compare and consider when choosing a credit card on our last episode, like how it's used, what features may be important for you, and your intended credit card use, and more. So if you are in the market for a credit card, check it out. As I mentioned at the end of our last episode, we're going to discuss buying large appliances today. These could include things we may consider a need in our society, like an oven or a refrigerator. There are many reasons you might be in the market for buying a large appliance. Sometimes people may buy it as a housewarming gift for a family member or friend to unload part of that expenses to the person. Or maybe you're upgrading your current appliance as part of a remodel, or in the most unfortunate circumstance, your appliance abruptly died and is not repairable. (laughs) There are some situations or types of appliances that may end up more as a need than a want, but the features you consider may also fall in need or want categories. And we'll kind of explain that a little bit more. So Andrea, do you want to talk about some of the reasons you have had to buy large appliances? Andrea's had a lot of personal experience in this recently. Yes, yes, I have. Homeownership has not been very kind to my wallet, but luckily I have a lot of privilege to be able to handle those situations. And I'm going to talk about them. All of mine have been the unfortunate situations (laughs) with, with buying large appliances. So I'm going to try to turn them. I've tried to turn them into the kind of when life gives you lemons type of consumer stories. So when I first bought my home, the sellers bought me a home warranty that covered things like appliances, repair, plumbing, et cetera, for that first year. And I was really thankful for that because within the first six months, the dryer started eating my clothes. There were holes. I had to like yank it out of the drum. It was very bad. I I just want you to know, I am laughing, not because it's funny, only because I could picture Andrea dealing with this. (laughs) It was not great, right? I was ruining my clothes too. So there's an additional cost of like not being able to dry my clothes properly and having to replace stuff that I couldn't like just fix up. Luckily, my mom was a seams is a seamstress. And so I know how to repair small things, but you can't repair certain types of things like dress clothes and make it look nice. So I was having to replace some clothes. We had the repairman come out through the home warranty place and they came out several times and it, they ended up getting it all fixed. Then like a couple years later, On Black Friday, this is after the home warranty expired. We didn't buy another one. We thought that was taken care of. I was doing laundry and the dryer started smoking. That, I'm not going to lie, that would freak me out just because of house fire. I mean, house fire. I I am a neurotic person about house fires. So (laughs) it would freak me out. Well, it freaked me out too. I immediately was like, okay, let's move everything away from this and unplug it. And then because it was Black Friday, I started immediately looking for large appliance sales at local retailers 
that would still be good on Green Saturday. That's what a lot of retailers call the Saturday after Black Friday, which is the largest retail day of the year, at least in the United States. It ended up like kind of rushing my research process. Usually I like to take a lot of time for large purchases, but I only had like hours, right, to do the research. I ended up buying a new washer and dryer set since the sale gave me like a significant savings on, on doing that. Before that though, our dishwasher had gone out. So just to be clear, did any appliance work in your house ever? Like you've had a lot of large appliance issues. So I still have the same HVAC system and I still have the same oven. Great. But now that I said that, I got to start my, make sure my emergency savings can cover replacing those items. But anyway, so our dishwasher went out and, and we kind of view dishwashers more as convenience items than like a necessity. So my husband said he wanted to hand wash the dishes until we had researched dishwashers that would fit in our space. Because one of the things about replacing appliances, especially in a kitchen, is you have a very specific space usually for the appliance. So you have to get an appliance that will fit in that space. And we had kind of a narrow space for our dishwasher. We needed to find one that had all the features that we wanted and would fit in the space. We ended up washing dishes for like one or two years before he decided on and purchased a new dishwasher. Kind of made it his responsibility. He did most of the kitchen stuff anyway, so it made sense. Props off to him because Ah. that would not be the choice I'd make. (laughs) But hey, he, I'm just lazier than your husband. <laughs> he didn't. He said it was like a cathartic kind of thing. He would stay up late and do dishes and kind of zone out. And we have like a, a iPad in the kitchen, so he just watch shows while he's washing dishes. I think he's really tall, so I think it, it eventually started hurting his back. I think, and at that point, it's like maybe go ahead and like I know it's not a need, but come on, let's just. We have the means. Um, So that's just two stories so far. Last summer, our fridge started acting up in like July or early August. We noticed that the internal temperature for both the freezer and the fridge had dropped. Luckily, we had one of those like cheap thermometers that stayed in our fridge. I think it was in the freezer and we moved it to the fridge to see if it was uh, maintaining temperature. So it had risen above the 40 degrees recommended to stay in outside of the food safety danger zone, which if you didn't know, is between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 160 degrees Fahrenheit. After realizing that it was continuing to out, like we had tried to unplug it and plug it back in and it just wasn't maintaining temperature, I went ahead and went and bought a mini fridge just to hold us over so we could salvage a little bit of the frozen stuff. It also gave us a little bit of a transition buffer so I could do a little bit of research, measure where the fridge was to find the right size fridge, and then figure out what we needed. So just so everyone's aware, measurements are so important when buying an appliance. We had a again, a narrow space for the fridge to work in. I did a lot of research in kind of a limited time frame, 
but I was super restricted by the narrow size of the, the space that our, our old fridge was in. I also was looking at delivery options because we didn't have like a truck. It would have been kind of a pain for my husband and I to go rent a truck and then like go find a fridge that fit in the space. So I did most of my research online. We also looked at like doors and we wanted a freezer on the bottom, but that wasn't going to be like a severe restriction for us. We ultimately went with something that fit in our space and could be delivered by a local retailer by the end of August. But we went probably three weeks with just a mini fridge. (laughs) Luckily, I was... I had enough funds to buy a mini fridge to hold us over. And I ended up using the mini fridge in my office because I worked, I'm working a hybrid schedule. So it was easier for that. I had a little bit of forward thinking with that one, but that's not all of them. I got another one for you. My most recent appliance low was my clothes washer went out a couple months ago. That one that I purchased less than three years ago went out to say this is going to start to sound familiar because you're like is she losing it she already told us the story no 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 it's the brand new one well not brand new but three years to me is pretty pretty new that broke my husband took it apart he's pretty handy and we both kind of researched what the issue could be it seemed like it was the control module which could have been covered possibly by the manufacturer as far as we understood but they don't cover labor and some parts they don't cover. So they might not have covered it. That 10-year warranty that's usually like advertised on a lot of large appliances, read that fine print because it might just be one particular item or one particular aspect of that appliance. Uh, so we had the manufacturer's technicians come out, paid them $165 service fee, to fix a washer. And then it turned out to be the control module. We told them it probably was. The manufacturer was no longer making the part we needed to get it fixed. So our only option was to buy a different one. So I researched that model we had purchased and reviews now, now that it's been three years, look like a lot of other people had the same issues. So we decided not to go with the same manufacturer again and bought a completely different washer. And we paid for the store warranty rather than relying on the manufacturer warranty since we got burned so bad. It's not always a good option, but we've been burned. So we went ahead and did it. It just left such a bad taste in our mouth for a less than three-year-old washer to go out. So this entire process took like over a month to figure out. And that means we had dirty clothes, right? So luckily I was able to find a service before that month when we got finally a new washer. I was able to find a service that would come pick up our dirty laundry, wash it, dry it, fold it, and deliver it back to us. I don't think everywhere would have that. And I was kind of trying to figure out when I would have time to go sit in a laundromat and do (laughs) laundry. So that was a really big godsend for my family to be able to do that during the transition period. And I think too, and we're going to talk about this, Andrea has a lot of stories, but I think we wanted you to hear these stories. You 
you hear all the pieces that went in and all of her situations were not ones that were planned for, right? She wasn't doing a remodel. She didn't know that this expense was going to happen. And so we'll talk a little bit more about how did she handle all of those surprises? Absolutely. So like I said earlier, I have the the privilege and emergency fund means to buy new appliances in all these cases and get the features that I want in addition to what I needed. Like essentially with the fridge, I just needed a functional fridge that fit the space in my kitchen and could freeze things and keep temps below 40 degrees. But I also grew up in a family that did not have the means to buy new appliances every time one went out. So I'm also familiar with scrambling to find a used functional appliance in those kinds of cases where it's basically you just need something that keeps something cold or whatever in order to meet your basic primary needs. Nikki, do you remember the context of like when you had to buy your last large appliance and how that went for you? So I have not had nearly as much crazy as Andrea has. Our biggest expense though, and our last one, I can't remember because, you know, COVID time is a little fuzzy, but I'm pretty sure it was the summer of 2020, not 2021. I think it was 2020. No, I lie. It was 2021 because our daughter was already born and it was super hot and our air conditioning went out. I understand some people are like, air conditioning, you could live without air conditioning. My husband would tell you that that is not true for me as a human being, because I definitely, I I just run very warm. Plus we did have this new newborn and unfortunately where her best net, like we live in a split level house. It was very warm upstairs in any of the bedrooms. So, you know, with a newborn, you do what you need to do to, to sleep and, and heat was not helping that situation. So <laughs> we called the service industry if it could be fixed. They're like, you can fix this. It will cost you this much money, or we could replace everything for this much. And basically they told us like, it was an old, I mean, it was almost 20 years old in this house. So they're like, yes, we technically can fix it, but it's going to die again along with the furnace, right? Like the furnace had been working, but they're like those two together, it's better to buy them as a unit because you could get some discounts and stuff like that. Like a lot of people purchase them when, especially when they're around the same age and both were so old. So Steve and I sat down and looked at different options because it was, it's hard to make that decision. An HVAC system is a lot of money. We were able to kind of figure that if we did this, there was a special financing offer through the company that would be 0% interest for two years. So we figured out the math to make sure that we could pay it off within that interest time. And since we could, we went with a new air conditioner and a new furnace, as opposed to just fixing the air conditioner because... A 20-year-old HVAC system is going to, it's not going to last that much longer. So do do you put in a few thousand just to eventually have to put in as much for a new system? And we were like, we didn't want to do that. Like, we didn't want to pay twice, essentially, for that when we knew that this was, the guy was like, look, it's an old system. It's great that it's lasted this long. I mean, we haven't lived here for 20 years, right? 
but like it's not it's not gonna last forever so that uh, makes sense yeah so that was that was our choice and yeah so we made sure I mean that's something that we said we're gonna do and we are gonna pay it off in this zero percent interest time period which means our monthly payments are large for it which isn't great but like we're like we're gonna do this so that way we're not paying interest on it and it's so. more manageable to finance that situation. My mom's furnace went out like at the beginning of the pandemic and she was unemployed, didn't have the means to to pay for it. So I paid for it. And luckily I I think the cost is much much lower in central Illinois versus northern Illinois where you are. Um, so I was able to pay out of pocket for that, but it would, it still was a big expense. It's just a lot. And honestly, like the baby and I went and stayed at my parents' house because it was just so warm in here. Like her, the thermostat, it, well, not the thermostat, but like her baby monitor has the temperature on it too. And it was flashing red for her. It was like over a hundred degrees. And and we're like, I, this is, we can't have this. And like, dangerous, yeah. like we can't, she can't sleep in here. Our room was just as bad. I mean, she had just recently transitioned from sleeping in a bassinet with us, like in our room to a crib. And like, yeah, I guess we could have moved the crib and the bassinet downstairs where it was cooler, but like, that's not a long-term solution either. And then there are other factors there that there's no doors. So we do have a dog who loves our child. So like <laughs> Leia would definitely have wanted to figure out what Carissa was doing without a door to block, you know, like it just wasn't, it, it wasn't really an option for us. That makes sense. And there are some people where air conditioning is a need. My younger brother, it was required for us to have air conditioning for him. And we moved into a Habitat for Humanity house when I was probably 12 and it didn't come with uh, central air conditioning. So we just had a unit specifically for his bedroom and that was it because he had to have it to survive. So there are different scenarios where there are needs and wants for even central air. For sure. For sure. So I think with all my situations and your situation, it was an emergency expense. Decision had to be made pretty quickly with limited amount of research for the most part. And then there were things that we had to do to manage the transition until the appliance, the new appliance was in place. And there are lots of different ways to manage the transition piece, depending on what the appliance is. There are tons of different appliances, especially if you own a home. We already discussed the needs and wants a little bit, I think it's easy to see where upgrading your current functional appliances is a want, not a need. That's pretty easy. Yeah, makes sense. I have what I need, but I want something that's nicer or a different color or that works better in my remodel. So I, I will just give an example of this because this is what our refrigerator, when we bought this house, the refrigerator is brand new. We hate our refrigerator. <laughs> Because it's a refrigerator freezer that it's like half and half and you pull it open, which really means that neither side is very big to hold things. Yeah. 
as opposed to it being like a freezer below, uh, like up top or below and a door. And it's really frustrating for Steve and I, because like, it's like a foot, like, <laughs> you know, and it's frustrating, but we're not buying a new one. Cause we're like, this is brand new. It was brand new when we bought this house. We will use this refrigerator until it breaks because we want a different model, but we do not need it. Perfect example. So you're just dealing with the frustration as long as possible. Yes. <laughs> well, and everyone likes to define needs and wants differently. Historically, people think that <laughs> there's a very specific criteria for what a need is, and very specific criteria for what a want is. But there, it's actually kind of muddy. So the way that I try to succinctly categorize something as a need is it could impact, negatively impact your safety, health, or livelihood if you went without it. And those things can be described in different ways, depending on an individual's values or lifestyle. So that's why needs and wants can shift over time as well. Let's take my fridge situation. I needed a fridge, but I did I need a new one or could I have gotten a used one or a refurbished one? To answer that question, it depends on your access to resources. So it'd be easier to choose a refurbished or used option for me if I had had access to a truck for hauling it. It could also become a safety issue for some people to haul by themselves, right? If they don't have anyone to help them or if they're not strong enough or they have mobility issues. So buying from a retailer or someone who will haul and install for you might end up being a need in that situation. So that's important to consider as well. I also needed a fridge that would fit in my very specific fridge nook. It very the measurements are not very big because the alternative of trying to redo my whole kitchen would have been a lot more costly than just finding a fridge that fit in the space that I had. We wanted a freezer on bottom option and preferred kind of a side-by-side fridge for the top, like the dual doors. And that would work better in kind of our small kitchen space. But if we ended up not being able to find one in our budget, with those options, we were resolved to abandon those once just so we could meet our needs. It needed to fit in this space and it needed to be functional. <laughs> so though that's just an example of how there's some blurry pieces between needs and wants and things can shift based on like your budget, your situation, your physical needs, and like how it impacts your livelihood, your day-to-day living situation as well. All excellent, excellent points. Now let's talk about the actual logistics of comparing large appliances before you decide to purchase them. So there are specific things you'll want to consider for long-term versus short-term cost savings. Since the vast majority of large appliances, maybe all in the U.S., require electricity to use. So you'll want to compare energy efficiency. There are different resources from the Department of of Energy and the CFPB that will let you look at the type of breaks you may get or discounts. I would also add in that sometimes your actual electricity bill, like your electricity provider, if you go to them and 
ask, they will also let, like, I know ours will list, like, you could get this much of a break on your electricity bill if you switch to something. So that's just stuff to think about and, and research different features to compare. Like Andrea said, size for her refrigerator was very, very important. You're also going to want to figure out like if you want a smart device or maybe you want something that, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking of our HVAC system, like in our thermostat, right. We wanted to be able to make sure we could get like a nest type thing with it. So what features are important to you? Because I firmly believe that if it's something that you know, you're going to spend the money on, like make sure you're listing out what you want that to do. Because the worst thing is to spend that money and be like, man, I forgot that I needed this. Warranties are something else you're going to want to compare. So if there's manufacturer warranty, what do they actually cover versus what they don't cover? Because something, and Andrea is motioning, you know. Read that fine print. Yes. Read it. Read the fine print because you may be like, oh, well, this is under warranty. And then you read it like Andrea did. And it's like, oh, but it actually doesn't cover what you think it does. So always read and compare because you may be able to, to get a very similar appliance with a better warranty attached. Look at consumer reports, ratings, reviews. You know, the Better Business Bureau, for example, is one that you could just see if the company that you're purchasing for has complaints but also be very, very cautious of fraudulent reviews. This is definitely something more and more happening online. Like if you go and Google or, or, and people are leaving reviews of things that they're spam or trying to sell something, make something seem better than it is. So just, just keep your eye out, you know, for that stuff. And then of course, you're going to want to compare the total cost. It's going to cost you upfront and the total estimated operating costs. For example, our HVAC system, right? What we were going to spend now, but also if we got something more efficient, would we be saving some money on our bills? What's a trade-off, right? Yeah. Like, is it actually going to net a difference? (laughs) Does it matter? Like things like that. The other thing I would also just throw in here about comparing large appliances, I wouldn't say don't necessarily make this your reason for going with one appliance over another, because I think the things that we just talked about are are more important. You want features and warranties and things like that, but also make sure you're comparing store to store, maybe the same type of of appliance and what type of deals that store may be offering. So I mentioned for us, for the HVAC system, it was a two year, 0% APR. That was huge for us because we didn't want to be accruing interest. If and if we could pay it off in that time frame, we knew that that would be best. So for us, so like that's something that we did kind of look around, and the company that we went with was offering at the time. Not every company is going to offer something like that. So if that's if cost and you know, debt and things like that, that's something to consider, especially because we know that there are, I'm thinking of like an oven, right? The same oven is probably being sold by several different major manufacturers and stores. So shopping around to see, Hey, what kind of deals I, this oven has everything I need. This is the one I want, but how can I get it 
at a better rate for me. Yeah. Or what financing options will be most helpful for you. Exactly. Makes sense. So when it comes to like comparing the energy guide labels, you might want to check out the research, the resource in our show notes from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that we liked. We like CFPB. So we're going to promote some more resources from them. Not all appliances have energy guide labels, but the ones that do include boilers, ceiling fans, central air conditioners, clothes washers, dishwashers, freezers, furnaces, heat pumps, pool heaters, refrigerators, televisions, water heaters, and room and portable air conditioners. So there's a lot of different appliances covered by this. If the label, the energy guide label, isn't on the outside of the appliance, then it might be on the inside of the appliance when you're looking at them in person. It also probably be in the details of any web listings that you're looking at. I do a lot of research online, so I look for it there. Energy Star is a little bit different from Energy Guide. Energy Star appliances meet certain requirements to be certified as Energy Star by the EPA. So that's just another thing to look at or consider when you are comparing appliances. There are also a lot of programs and policies within each state and specifically within Illinois to support energy efficiency in a a variety of ways, not just when it comes to appliances. We'll link to information about those incentives in the show notes since they're they're not all specifically about appliances and you might just be interested in energy efficiency. Exactly. So to kind of expand a little bit more on what I was saying earlier, I mentioned a smart device. So if that is something that you are interested in, you're also going to need Wi-Fi and the means to connect that smart appliance to another device that can give you alerts. So for example, if you want a smart thermostat, like I I mentioned, you'll also need a smartphone so that you can control and get information about the temperature in your home. So that is an extra cost factor that if that's not something you already have and, but you want it, you need to make sure you're adding that in. I had also mentioned the warranties before. And like Andrew said, read the five print, read the fine print. We sound like broken records. There are some third-party warranties. We didn't really talk about that yet. And they, they start from the day you buy it. And some others will start after the manufacturer warranty ends. So just kind of keep a lookout on that if that's something you would be interested in purchasing. When we were talking about reviews and, and some of the hints that I said earlier, just one thing to note that I, I should have mentioned is that to remember that the FTC has noted a sharp increase in fake reviews, particularly in recent years. So do your due diligence. FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, has a list of guidelines, which we could also link in the show notes on how to evaluate online reviews. Some example questions, how recent was the review done? Has the reviewer provided reviews on other purchases? Is the review too good to be true, right? Or is it like seemingly too bad? Um, Some fake reviews rate at one level lower to seem more legit. There are also fake bad reviews commissioned by competitors to make their 
competing company look bad. So just make sure, you know, read fine prints, use critical thinking skill, your critical thinking skills to really evaluate if you're going online to look for information. Well, and one of the things the FTC guidelines states is it's not super easy to point out to like identify fake reviews. It's actually very difficult and it's just getting more and more difficult. So you might just wait ratings and reviews online a little bit lower in your comparison guidelines, just as that becomes more and more. I think it's important to consider, but maybe not as important as features, manufacturer warranties, and all those other things. So to sum up the highlights of our episode today, there are many reasons you may want or need to buy a large appliance. There's a lot of different things that are considered large appliances. There's a lot of different things to compare when it comes to shopping around, features, warranties, reviews, etc., beware of fake reviews. I think we've driven that point home and we're going to list some more resources for energy efficiency in the show notes since that has some long-term costs. Anything else that I'm missing, Nikki? No, I think one thing that, you know, we've talked a lot about savings in previous podcasts and we'll probably mention it again, but just one thing is Andrea and I were put into these situations. We neither of us were doing like remodels or something like that, where we had to buy what we had to buy at the time. And, you know, we're, we're lucky that we do financial education, right? So we prioritize savings and and things like that, but it is situations exactly like this, why we keep, we will always talk about any type of savings as better than no savings. So even if you're doing $5 a month, because that's all you can afford at the moment, if something unfortunate happens and your refrigerator breaks, that little bit of money you saved is going to help you. It may not buy the entire thing for you that you need, but it will take a little bit of that burden off. So, and it may even help with just the transition, right? Like when I had to pay for a laundry service, right. It, it would have helped just with that piece, that unexpected cost. So it's definitely something that, you know, it will always talk about in budgeting and we've had a whole podcast dedicated to it and I'm sure we will again, <laughs> but it is for situations like the emergency buying of a large appliance, why we stress it, because the chances are at some point in your life, this will happen to you. And even if you can be prepared for a little bit, it's better than not being prepared at all. So I leave you with that thought. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. As always, on our next episode, we are going to talk about selling a house, which again, is something Andrea has a lot of experience in lately. (laughs) Closing tomorrow on (laughs) the sale of a home. So not my home. That's another layer for another episode. But again... (laughs) Thanks for joining us. We hope you guys are enjoying your summer and feel free as always to share and like us and subscribe. Thanks guys. Have a great day.